This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Paint podcast presented to you by Ball is Life. Your hosts here, Devin Ugland, along with Ronnie Flores, and uh, this is episode eight. Thanks for tuning in, and we're just going to get right into it, into our probing topics. We're going to start with the latest, quickly start on this, the latest in the uh, June live viewing period rules and kind of what's happened over the weekend and the last couple of days. Ronnie, take us through um, what's going on in Arizona right now. Well, thanks, Devin. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in as usual. Uh, topic in Episode 7 was very important, and this is just a little follow-up. It looks like the state of Nevada and the state of Oregon are pulling out of June. So they won't be hosting NFH-sanctioned events. But it looks like Arizona's for surely going to go forward with the June schedule and allow their uh, you know, teams to participate in an event that the Arizona Basketball Coaches Association is going to produce. They are going to produce that on during the first week, which is June 21st, 23rd. And it's through the Arizona Basketball Coach Association, like I said, and it looks like for Region 7, which is NFHS sanctioned and approved teams, they are going to uh, allow uh, teams to come in from other states. Now, obviously, those states are probably going to have to approve get, it get approved their own, by their own state, state associations to travel. Correct. Arizona is not going to be the only participating state. Looks like California, Utah, Nevada, and Hawaii have also approved their teams to attend the event if they may choose now this a little more camp details coming out it's only going to be during the first week the 21st through the 23rd. right they're not doing they're not doing the second week no they're not doing it the second week and there is no other event so there's not going to be another one hosted by another high school or an in, independent high school that wants to run their own Devin, it has to be this tournament it has to be through the abca and they're the only ones sanctioning an event so that, that brings forth a little bit of problems like they're going to be inviting who they want to invite and leaving out teams potentially. Maybe yeah. some politics in there. Yeah, people are cause already saying there's a little bit of politics in there. Obviously, as anything else with governing bodies, there's going to be three divisions to the event. They're going to have one division, which is for going to be like for Fab 50 state ranked level teams, a 16 team invite only. Okay. Then they're going to have a, I guess, a second tier for the boys. Uh, that, you know, you have to have all the requirements and complete the application. The application process starts February, February 15th, middle of this month. So, and then the third tier for the remaining teams are going to be as many teams as the bases, is the facilities and as, as they can accom- accommodate in Arizona, that's for class four or above. So it's a, still going to be a little bit, you know, a little bit of gray hair, you know, who's invited, who's not, but there are going to be events. And uh, we're basically waiting to see. Now, obviously, this is not confirmed. We're waiting to see if the California Interscholastic Federation is also going to do the same. From what I'm hearing, it looks like they are going to host some kind of events. Who's going to host them? How many? I don't know yet. So we don't know if it's going to be similar to Arizona. And maybe there's going to be one host and it's going to be a tiered type, type of like playoff type thing where, you know, it's a tiered level of participation for like an open division or invite only. And then, you know lower level teams playing lower level divisions or whatnot. 
Sure, but the AIA and the Coaches Association are doing this, and they are charging a, a team fee for the team. So it's not like they're just inviting people. Uh, you know, they're going to try to, I assume, break even or make a little bit of money, Devin. I think that's been one of the caveats with this. Uh, you know, and it's varsity only, not just any, you know, GMB, random team. GMB, right, random yeah. team. They're going to try to make a little bit of money, otherwise they wouldn't be doing this. That's the bottom line. They, AIA felt that they can, you know, make a little bit of of money and, and do it and, and have coaches that it would be great for them. So I kind of understand that and, you know, hope it works out. But again, it goes back to what we're saying. Arizona's in there. Maybe can have a few other teams from other States, but you were still excluding the whole state of Texas, mm-hmm. the whole state of New York, Oregon's out from hosting. Nevada's out from hosting. Maybe some Nevada teams go over there to that event on the 21st or 23rd. We don't know that yet, but we'll keep you guys up to date. We just want to give you a little up to date on that. Still looks like it's unequal for the vast landscape of kids who want to play college ball. You know, what's your final take on that? Go hard, Devin, before we go on to yeah, the next Yeah, I mean, topic. it's it's just we're going to see how it plays out. It looks like the, they're not going to abandon the rules scrap this, it. this time. They're not going to scrap no. it. So no. um, we're gonna, they're going to have to roll with what it is. So let's get to a little more of a fun topic here. A um, little NBA action. James Harden scored 61 points. Uh, Wednesday night at Madison Square Garden, uh, 17 for 38 from the field. He was 5 for 20 from three, obviously not great, but 22 for 25 from the free throw line. That's efficient. Uh, Ronnie, none of his baskets were assisted on by a teammate in that game, and that's one of the things that stands out to me most uh, as being the most interesting stat in that game. Is is this the way the game is going? Isolation, one-on-one, you know, dribble a lot to get a shot. And obviously the game's being called differently too. So what are kind of your brief thoughts on that? Well, I just think as we look into teams, the best teams, the ones that are going to win the championships are probably going to be the ones that have good ball movement. Um, the, the basic games that we stress to kids when we see them at events and stuff to keep playing the game that way. You look at a guy like Clay Thompson. He's I had a monster game about a week ago where he again had one of those. He shot, uh, scored more two times as many points as he dribbled. Right. More than that. I think it was yeah. 10 times. I think yeah. he had four dribbles and 40 points. Yeah. It's just crazy efficiency for the former Santa Margarita star. And, and you look at that and it's like, then you go to James Harden. Sometimes I wonder, is it something where maybe the team is like, Hey, we can try to win. We don't have a team as good as Golden State, but we're going to, it's a business and it's entertainment. It's if they can win some games, great, but I just don't see it where uh, these teams are going to win the title that way but it doesn't take individual away from james Harden's right. brilliant it's still a ridiculous offensive performance correct the last, I, he's averaging like 58 points over his last five games yeah and it's he's putting up only the only other guy in nba history is doing this at a consistent level has been will chamberlain you right know, two generations ago right so you look at that and you look at when i was a kid Devin. i go back to when i played a little bit and enjoyed the game playing is Little, wanted, little little Ronnie, yeah. the left hand, the left hand point guard, pass yeah. first, break somebody I, down and kick it out. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> to play the game, emulate what I saw on TV, and there was obviously a let, let, lot less options then. I was watching the, either the Showtime Lakers, a great college team. So our our friends wanted to pass the ball. We would even say, "Hey, let's play like the Portland Trailblazers right now." We'd try to pass the ball without dribbling. You know, Porter to Drexler to Kersey. We really said that, like we're gonna try to play that way. Same thing, I think, who didn't want to play like the Showtime Lakers? You know, so when you you look at kids now, they're 13, 12, they're going to see James Harden. They're going to see what he's doing, and and they're going to emulate it. There's no way around it. I I mean, the guys on ESPN, I was we were just watching the McDonald's uh, 
roster release for 2019, James Harden's face appeared in 30 minutes probably, what'd you say, Devin? 10 times? 10 times, yeah. 10 times. So what... All the same highlight? Same highlights. What what are we going to get? Of course they're going to emulate that. So... Good luck to the travel ball coaches. Good luck to the young JV and yeah. freshman soft coaches that want to get their kids to get that ball moving right. because went, they're going to watch what they see. Yeah, I watch a you know a decent amount of high level Southern California basketball. Yeah, um, and last night I went to excuse me last night Wednesday night I went to um, Fountain Valley Laguna Beach game and my former high school coach is the athletic director there and he I walked in and he kind of looked at me weird like what are you doing here and I'm like well sometimes I like to just come watch regular. Yeah. games to watch execution watch a team run a regular offense not you know five out and break you down off the dribble and you know bad shots and, and things of that nature so Laguna Beach coach Brett Fleming I mean that guy looks like a surfer uh looks like he rolls out of bed and walks into the gym but he has that he has that squad just they just execute back cuts uh move without the ball hardly any dribbling hardly any bad shots and if there's a bad shot he yanks a kid out and rips into him and that kid doesn't take a bad shot the rest of the game so with the Rockets you know it's tough right now for Harden because CP3 and Clint Capella are both out they're both hurt sure so he's got that much more weight on his shoulders but again um even if even when CP3's in the game he's a ball stopper too he dribbles a lot sure I I just don't think it's going to relate, translate to winning at the end, meaning you got to right. try to win the championship or go, you know, show good in the Western Conference Finals, whatever it may be. But James Harden takes nothing from, away from him. Uh, he is that good. I think guys, I'm starting to see a little bit more, watch him a little bit more. Obviously, I'm going to watch some games as we get closer to the playoffs, bigger games. Individually, he is that good. Uh, it's very hard to stop that guy. Uh, there's very few defenders in the world that are really going to slow him down. I think there's no he's, defenders in the world yeah, that can slow him down. He's just gotten to the point where he's shooting an open three or a contested three or getting fouled. I mean, his efficiency rate for those two things is just off the charts. I mean, he's going to territory of no other NBA player has ever done, whether it's like uh, shoot 20 free throw attempts and shoot 20 three-point attempts in the same game. Right. Like His numbers are ridiculous. So... Give the left-hander credit, the former Artesia Lakewood star. Speaking of James Harden, we kind of want to touch on that a little bit as we go into our main topic for Episode 8 here, Harden Paint. James Harden, 2007 McDonald's All-American. Just want to take that back a little bit, Devin, because we're going to talk about the 2019 McDonald's All-American game selections, which were announced this week uh, for the game March 27th in Atlanta. Uh, James Harden was... On the West team in 2007, the game was in Louisville. Derek Taylor, who's the coach at Taft, who also coached at St. John Bosco, was the West coach that year. And I remember telling me, Ronnie, you know, we got Taylor, meaning Taylor King from Modern Day, you know, 3,000 points, great player, state champion in Modern Day. And we got James Harden here. He's like, I don't think I'm going to get him much time, and I know that their parents are not going to be very happy. And if you look back at it, you can't really blame Derek. I mean, if you look at the... Yeah, tell them about the roster. Yeah, it's a... Yeah. Loaded with like ridiculously good NBA players now. Yeah, you know, you got Derrick Rose, who was a 2011 NBA MVP, number one pick of the draft. Yep. You had another number one pick of the draft. Um, off the bench, Blake Griffin, who kind of people saw in that practice, he wasn't as well known as some of the other guys, was like, wow, this guy is a monster. In that scrimmage at Freedom Hall, Blake Griffin showed that one day he was going to be in the top tier of that group. Mm-hmm. 
the two men was Eric Gordon, who was a fantabulous high school player. I made up a word. He was fantabulous. Awesome. That's a that's a great yeah. fucking word, dude. Yeah, I think <laughs> Eric, Eric Gordon was very good. If you saw he him was, in the summer of two thousand six, you would know why he was considered he was on fucking, that level. He was fucking fantabulous. He was good. Eric Gordon, <laughs> Mean Streets teamed up with Derrick Rose, great high school player in Indiana. Michael Beasley, who was a number two pick, two yeah, number two pick, uh, great college player. He's he was one a year ridiculous Kansas, high school player too. Kansas State. Double-double um, machine. Double-double machine. Kevin Love, Pac-12 Player of the Year as a freshman. Rarely done. At UCLA. Uh, they went to the Final Four. He was a top, arguably the top player in that class and a top three player in that class for sure. And the big man, they went with Derek Taylor went with the big lineup. Cole Aldrich went to Kansas. So when you look back at it, you got James Harden, who's averaging 55 points a game right now, was like the eighth or ninth man. And you couldn't really... Derek Taylor really knock can, him. Yeah, Derek Taylor really couldn't do anything about it. So I just thought that was funny. And it goes to the selections. I remember I did a, a list that, that year. I was still working for student sports, and we were, we were transitioning to be purchased by ESPN, and I did it uh, for Spark Student Sports Magazine. And I had James Harden 14th, which was quite a few spots ahead of Taylor King, even though Taylor King was a great high school player. And as I look back at it, you know, most of the big rankings at the time had James a little lower. But I just thought he had a lot of long-term ability, even though he wasn't the best and he wasn't the maturest of that group. Uh, you know, OJ was 19. Uh, Taylor was older. James was young. So right. Was, you know, he had a lot of growing to do, He and he had did two great years at ASU. And now look where he's at. He's, you know, one of the top three players in the NBA. So kids is – the bottom line we're trying to say is you just never know how it's going to end. So, Devin, take us through – the McDonald's All-American selections a little bit. Uh, what you saw when the obviously everybody out there knows who are the 24 players. But, you know, right. my takeaway is you just never know how it's going to fold out. And same thing, you know, obviously using James Harden as an example. But, you know, what did you see? What stood out to you for this year's 2019 selections? So when they first dropped the selections, we, you know, took a look. And both of you and I went and put our takeaways in and what, what we thought kind of stood out among those selections and the first thing that we noticed were the kind of the rise in numbers of players from more of the basketball academy type of program rather than a traditional public or parochial high school you know that we're we're all used to um especially at img had three players selected um josh green armando bacco and jeremiah robinson earl so um what Wow, that's right, that's for the first time in the game has been around since 1978. There's three players from one game. So when you look at team, that, yeah, three players from one team, one high school program. Sorry about that. And you look at it and you go, wow. Now there's been two a lot of times. Oak Hill's had two, two at least seven, eight times. Other schools have had two. There's schools this year with two. Um, Rainey School, who's now yep. a Fab 50 top 10 team. Scotty Lewis, Lewis and, and Brian Antoine. Antoine. Yeah, there's other teams that have two. That's not nothing new. But three, it's like, wow. If you're a parent, Darren... Why wouldn't you be sending your kids to one of these top uh, academy type programs? If if they're good enough, there's no reason not to. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's any reason not to. If they're not, then that's a waste of time, obviously. But if they're good enough and they're one of those top ranked guys, and the academy teams are, you know, I guess, um, ex- has have more ex- national exposure. Sure, obviously, Poten- obviously because of the amount of you know academy players who are being recognized for the McDonald's All American Game. Um, and, and other things on top of that. So I don't see any reason why you wouldn't. And that leads into another one. 
Another point, there's a new one launching in New Jersey. Ronnie, give us a new academy-type program launching in New Jersey with some some high-powered stuff behind it. Ronnie, give us some insight on that. Yeah, you know, just to follow up on that, there's a, there's a new academy that's going to kind of model like an IMG academy, which is in Bradenton, Florida. And you guys don't follow the scene just as closely and you like basketball in general. It's not like his IMG academy is, wow, better than every team in the country and is beating everybody. They're not even number one in the Fab 50 right now. They're number four. They're 22-1. and one. They lost one game that Trenton Watford went, went off on at the City of Palms. So they have three McDonald's All-Americans, but that doesn't go into how these kids are playing. So we'll touch about that a little bit later. So we wanted to get back to this New Jersey Academy, and it looks like there's going to be a wealthy Chinese uh, power <laughs> broker. Uh, he's partnering with Chris Chavanis, who is the head coach and the principal at the Patrick School. Just to give you guys a background, Chris has coached at the Patrick School after it um, reopened without the diocese because the uh, Catholic schools there in New Jersey have had very hard time getting the funding to stay open. We saw that with the Patrick School where Michael Kidd Gilchrist and Kyrie Irving went. And Bob Hurley Sr., the National Hall of Fame coach, kept St. Anthony's open basically on his own accord for about three or four years when they were um, having financial difficulties. So uh, there's going to be a new one open, and uh, it looks like they're going to try to model themselves after these other ones, similar to IMG and, and, and the old kills, the Montverdes. So they're going to have a high-profile coach in there. And like you said, Devin, why wouldn't a high-level kids and their parents and, and the people they work with um, go to thinking, or I'm going to go here? Yeah. If you live in New England or the, New, that area. It depends on, you know, how, how the program is run, what the uh, um, kind of overall feeling uh, people have about it, you know, who's the head coach, uh, things of that nature. But again, like we said with IMG getting three players from one school into the McDonald's All American game, um, it seems like that national exposure um, and playing in games like big games like that and big tournaments like that um, makes a difference when it comes to postseason accolades and postseason All Star game selections. That people would, would care you about. would yeah would you would you agree with that statement overall overarching statement? Yeah, I would think it's even going to be a bigger per, you know issue that's going to continue to go on because of the sanctioned schools through the NFHS seem to be going away from allowing their teams to play these schools. So in a certain level, Devin, these players are not going to be playing against each other. Some of the guys who make the McDonald's game, the Jordan brand, the Ball's Life All-American game from, from their you know traditional parochial or, or public high school, they're not going to be... They're, they're not going to be playing that much during the season going forward. Lalamir is not going to play CIF schools. Oak Hill's no longer in the place right. they're, schools. They're in Nike Travaganza this year, and it's their last year. They're they're going to be in it until you know maybe see the foreseeable future. For yeah, for so sure. It's going to become a bigger issue, not so much because IMG has three players in the game, but more because they're not going to play each other that much during the season. So as a parent, as a coach, you're going to have to choose which route am I going to go? Right. And right. you're going to go the route that feels benefits you the most. So we'll let that, you know, let the public decide there. Yeah. You know, that's what's ever best for you. It doesn't seem like it's working out too well for a lot of public school players from yeah. just looking at this this list. Right. No, no, no doubt. And um, that kind of brings us into another point that one of the guys said 
I thought was an interesting selection, obviously deserving a selection, was Samuel Williamson of Rockwell High School. I'm, I'm not familiar with Texas, but is Rockwell a public school, Ronnie? Yeah, Rockwell is a, a public school, and, you know, they have he had a good summer. So He had a great know. summer. He was at the Penguins All-American camp. He was fantastic. I, I watched him there, a couple, you know, at length, and then watched him a couple other times as well at other stops. Um, he's had a great high school season. But he is, you know, consensusly over the, uh, I guess, the top, the, the, the most credible, viewed, credible, I guess. Uh, ranking services. You, it depends on who you ask. Ranking services. He's the lowest ranked guy to get in the game. 57 by 24-7. 30, number 35 by Rivals. And number 33 by ESPN. Lowest ranked guy. Public school guy. So that's score one for regular old high school public schools. But Williamson definitely deserved to be in. And Ron, you, you had a guy who is kind of an interesting case as well. Who is that? That is Oscar Tuizbay. Oscar Tuizbay. Hopefully we Kennedy, said that right. <laughs> Kennedy Catholic in Pennsylvania. He's been playing well. His team is doing well. He's had some big games early in the season. I think that's a key, Devin, when you talk about players maybe like 18 to 24, how your teams and how you're playing and where you played at late November, and December. Who, and who saw you. And who saw you. know that's So that goes back to where you play. You know you want to play in one of these high-powered events. And he's going to West Virginia to play for Bob Huggins. He's he's a tough customer. He's a Bob Huggins-type Special yeah, and I freak shot blocker, that really worked, big time rebounder. Yeah, that worked out for him. I'm I'm happy for him, and obviously there's other people out there that are not so happy, Devin. So uh, right. get into a little bit. Yeah. Into that. So everyone's favorite topic to discuss is the every year when when this list comes out is the snubs, the McDonald's All American Game snubs. We took a look uh, at the list. We compared it to you know different rankings, what kind of things that we thought. And the one guy that we came up with who was a legitimate snub, in, in my opinion, and Ronnie, you probably agree with this as well, um, was Chino Hills center Onyeka Okongwu, plays for the Compton Magic on the Adidas circuit. Um, you know, he's a top 25 ranked player among many of the recruiting services slash ranking services, things of that nature. So let's run down Big O's resume here. Um, he's a senior, obviously, at Chino Hills, going to USC. Uh, he's a two-time CIF state champion, uh, national high school basketball champion his freshman year with the Chino Hills team that went 35-0 and with Lonzo Ball, Melo Ball, and LiAngelo Ball. Uh, he won a mythical AAU national championship with a big-time performance in that game against Team Takeover um, in Vegas in late July. Uh, California Mr. Basketball as a junior, which only two other players can say uh, accomplished that in the last 40 or so years, and that's Tyson Chandler of Compton Dominguez and John Williams, I believe, of Crenshaw. Yeah, who's one of the best players ever to California's ever produced. So when you look at that resume and what he did, you know, he played on a a shoe circuit. Shoe circuit, yep. He played big in big games. He's had the exposure of any of these big guys. For the last Take out the guards. Right, take take it about, yeah. Because guards, everybody likes to film. Everybody likes to watch videos of. Forget the guards for a minute. It's just among these big men, he's... His production would rank him or have him a lot higher, than I think, than 20. Just looking straight at his production and what type of college player he could be. We're not talking about what he's going to be 10 years from now, what he's going to be six years from now. How good is he in these NBA draft mocks? I'm not talking about that. We're just talking about his production. It's really hard to see how this guy didn't make it. You know, obviously I'm saying this guy, Onyeka, you know, we've known him. He's a great kid. But, you know, it's hard to say how he didn't make it. You look at that. Mythical game, you know, 81-79 overtime win over Team Takeover. Armando Bacot, who was in that game, made the game. You know, he was in that game. 
uh, Isaiah Mobley, his teammate. Was Isaiah Mobley, game. yep. You know, he from Rancho Christian, he made it. Uh, Big O had 16 points, 12 rebounds, five blocks in that game. Isaiah hit some big free throws down the stretch in that overtime win. He had 10 points, eight rebounds, two assists. It was kind of the game where everybody kind of came to the consensus, Devin, that Evan Mobley was probably the best prospect of these guys all. He had 22 points, four rebounds. Even the Nike brass, it was obviously kind of a Nike Adidas thing. Yeah. They were like, this guy's on another level, you know, as a, as a long-term prospect. Yeah. So, But as far as production, it's going to be hard to, you know, knock what this, this guy's done. And that takes us into, you know, the selection process, all the guys who've been snubbed over the years. Um, Devin, give your high line um, things of what you feel about the selection process. Then I'll go into the more in the details and, and talk about some of the other guys that have maybe been snubbed. Yeah, you've been around longer than I have and know, you know, the specifics on who, who has votes and who. Yeah. Um, I, I know, you know, most of them, but you know the specifics inside and out. Um, but one of the things I see that stands out most to me, especially when it comes to um, the voting on the West Coast players, is that um, there's three guys. I guess west of the Mississippi River is the the boundary that we're drawing here. Yeah. Um, who have McDonald's All American votes? Uh, Frankie Burr, our guy, Frank Burleson, uh, Tracy Pearson, and Grant Rice are the three that we discussed um, as being those people. Grant Rice, the head coach of Bishop Gorman High School, who we've had on the show. We've had on the show. Great yeah. guy, um, knows the game, no doubt about that. Um, but do you think a lack of West Coast voters skews? the final tally for West Coast players? Yeah, I think so, Devin. Um, it's just like anything else. When people read newspapers and get information, it goes from east to west because of the time difference. So having so few guys on the west even exact exacerbates that, even makes that more poignant. Um, you know, Tracy Pearson is a guy who's been around a long time, and there's other guys in that in that boat who are just not watching games as they once did. So that brings us to the next point you have guys who are an advanced age who've been around who've been advanced on advanced age i like i like been that on the committee and i like to point it out it's some of the guys i know and are my friends you know doug huff who's one of three i believe three journalists in the national high school hall of fame he's kind of my mentor at the fat 50 he still has a vote he'll have a vote until doug is in the basketball heavens i'm, I'm assuming mm-hmm. um you know other guys uh tom Klachowski, bob Gims. again th- their names are not so important to in essence point them out it's just that how much are they seen at their age so I what do know. you do with them you know it doesn't what, seem like they're seeing very much sure based on some of these selections you you assume you know that they're not seeing what a guy such as evan daniels has seen or frank has seen a guy who you know is at events well and evan and frank both have votes and, rightfully so but they're out and so. they're out so they deserve them yeah. so at what point ronnie do what how do you how do you remedy that how do you remedy when you know a voter who in their you know, younger years were out watching tons of games, hundreds of games, sure. thousands of games every year. When they transition to someone who doesn't watch, you know, any games or watches a, a handful of games every winter, what's what's the how do you transition out of that? Move them somewhere else and on some kind of you know oversight committee or and get new blood in who's out watching games. Yeah, that's a tough thing, you know, because obviously we're younger, so it's easy for us to say as 25, 35, 40-year-olds, oh, yeah, you know, move those guys out to the pasture. If you were those guys, would you want that? So, no. You know, but again, but it comes again, to the point that if you're not watching games, how how can you have a vote? Correct. So it comes, I think it comes down to the selection committee. They got to figure out a, 
a credible and a way to do it and also a respectful way to do it. Say, hey, we want you guys to do this now. Roll out the red card for them. Bring it to the game. Honor them. Let them advise the other guys. Because what's happening, Devin, is not so much who has a vote. It's who they're calling who when the, their final, final the, votes are yeah, in. Who the older guys are calling on. Correct. That's what this all comes down to. It's not so much the vote. It's who are they being influenced by? Who, who, yeah, who is giving them the information that they're seeking to make their selections Selection. on guys that they've never seen? Correct. And there is some guys they've never seen. So that's what it's all about. So, you know, I hope the committee would consider that going forward and find a, like I said, a respectable way to to handle the situation of a, of a person slowing down in their career. And that's going to happen to all of us. So and it's not a yeah, knock to right. them. It's no. it's not a knock to Frank. It's not a knock to anybody else. Frank Matt Rice is going to... Frank is never slowing gonna, down. Frank's Sorry. not slowing no. down. It's not going to matter. Frank will, Frank. Frank's going to croak in the gym. Right there on the, gi- on right the, chair. There on the gym floor. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it is. We're going we're gonna to think Frank <laughs> fell asleep at the table yeah. and he's he's not going to be... He's going to be gonna asleep for the long nap. Yeah. So, but that's the good point. You know, when do you say, hey, I'm slowing down committee maybe you can remove me or the committee do it at a certain age limit maybe they put it at 70 75 whatever there's ways to do it that's but like, do it credibly <laughs> but yeah but that's tough because like it's like my grandfather uh my late grandfather uh he was adamant about being able to drive his car until he felt like until he like he yeah. wanted a driver's license i'm driving until i die so we had to hide his keys because he was he had dementia and he'd take yeah. his car at two o'clock in the morning and, just and start somewhere. driving and yeah. go somewhere. And we're like, dude, yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those same kind of lines. Things. It's yeah. on the same lines. You got to be respectful. You got to be aware that you're not discriminating somebody on their age based on their age. So I get that. That's the tough part right there. The yeah. age discrimination yeah. stuff. So you got to be, you know, you got to do it right. Obviously, McDonald's is a big corporation and they got a committee. So, um, you know, hopefully they get that right. And, and if they need any help, they can re- reach out to some of the guys that are on the committee. They'll be glad to give their opinion. There's credible people on Twitter. They can reach out to me, other people that they know. You know, so hopefully this gets rectified here in, in the next couple of years. And and it just makes the process more credible for everybody. Right, involved. for everybody. And that goes to what we're saying. I think, you know, when you're younger, I remember I seen Shaq in the McDonald's game in 89 and some of the other ones they were on. They were on CBS and ABC. They were on CBS in the early t- 1990s. They were on ABC in the 80s, just on regular over-the-air TV. So when you're watching it then, you don't have the ins and outs of the industry. You said those are the best guys. You pretty much thought those were the best guys. Now you hear about some stories about guys coming guy, out of the woodwork. Guys coming out of the woodwork. It happened. But for the most part, you thought those were the best guys. So, Devin, do you think that it's more of the process that needs to change or are we just giving this too much credence? Are we giving, in essence, an event too much credence, too much respect? Here, what do you? Well, what's your take there? The event has a history of great of greatness and, yeah. and um, has earned that credence. So I don't think it's uh, about yeah. the game. I think it's the process that needs gotcha. the overhaul. Um, and I that, would agree with it. Yeah, for the most part, the game has deservedly got to the level it's gotten to. My friend Bob Gagan started the game. He started the Capital Classic in 1974 and he made no bones about it for this game which was dc metro versus the country i'm gonna do what's best for my game i think jordan brand which this year's on april 7th i believe in new york they do kind of what's best for their game um and he made no bounds about it but he said when i start the mcdonald's game 
1977, and they announced the team, and then they had their first game in 1978. Is they were supposed to be above board, above without the any, yeah, without, without any the politics, politics, East versus West. Yep, yep. The other games make no bones about it. They're going to do what they feel is right to enhance their game. Sonny Vaccaro did it with his game that ended in 2007. Going back to James Harden and Taylor King, they played in the last one right. in 2007. But going forward, McDonald's has deserved that. But I think the people want to see it a little bit more. Uh, the selection process is a little more hashed down, a little bit more public, and a little bit more open. Sure. Because it is reached that status. Sure. Another yeah, another thing I want to kind of touch on that when you said East versus West kind of reminded me of is yeah. when, when did it change from actually being an East versus West game to a game where like East has... Like this year's East team has McDaniel's young fella from Washington mm-hmm. on the East team, Washington State, like Correct. Pacific Federal Northwest, way Federal Way. When did that? I don't. I don't understand when the East West aspect of it went out because I feel like the East West, um, kind of made rivalry not, thing made yeah. it made it competitive. Made it competitive in certain years. I I would agree to that. I think it went out the door when they try to get do the best to get the best players right. and right when you take away california there's not a lot of metropolitan areas in the west with with that level player right correct let's look at the city of oakland the city of oakland 30 40 years ago was producing high level players i'm speaking of the city of oakland yeah the city of oakland's changed the old oakland athletically go out doesn't have players of that caliber no more right so and then you go to the biggest other biggest metropolitan area in la obviously still pumping the players out left and right there's no other big City. So when you look at, I kind of get what they did. When you look at the East, you got Baltimore, DC, New York City, Philly. They're all very close. If you don't, if you live on the West Coast, you don't realize how close these are. Now Florida has a ton of players with IMG and Monverde. Yeah, and Georgia's very good. Yeah, you know the Carolinas have been traditionally good. So I get that, but yeah, having Jaden McDaniel's on the East is just just throws it throws it out out the way. So maybe they should make it the twenty four best. Make some adjustments there and make change the names or yeah do make, however make it like want. a burger and fries game I don't know yeah have one of the one of the best players. make it a Big Mac and quarter pounder game yeah, yeah. <laughs> or have it the Magic versus Jordan game you know Magic sure. versus Jordan or, or something yeah, from the West Legend yeah exactly that makes sense I, you I know like, something like of that, that nature yeah. just so we're like why is this guy from Federal Way Washington on the East but, right you know he's it's, a, that's a stupid thing that pisses me off. And I just wanted to kind of bring it up, like yeah. it's just something stupid, but yeah, it makes sense. It, but again, that's why you're you're giving the respect to the game of that level. Yeah. So as we go over the history of the game, want to say you know of those players, obviously we're gonna see some of the guys who you said quote unquote snubs at the yeah. Other back games. to the snubs. Everyone yeah. wants to talk about snubs. So yeah, you have you've compiled a list. You've done a couple stories on this. Yeah. Of some of the biggest snubs um, in McDonald's All American Game history. So Ronnie. Without further ado, give us some of your top snubs from the West first, and then give us some national snubs. Yeah, let's let's talk about. I'm taking out the guys who weren't involved in the game for a variety of reasons. Penny Hardaway, now the coach at Memphis, wasn't on the ballot, didn't get chosen. He was a parade national player of the year. He was a top three player in that class, probably along with Grant Hill, Ed O'Bannon. He just wasn't on the game. So let's take him out. Take John Wall out. He was a fifth year guy. Most people wanted to see him. John Wall was ineligible. Those type of guys. So when you you talk about the West, we talked about the Big O, and honestly, based on his resume, the other two guys that are up there with the Big O um, from from the West from the West is Trevor Ariza in two thousand three. I thought Westchester Westchester player and Kawhi Leonard two thousand nine ML King in Riverside. Let's start with 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 Trevor. Um, 
He had a, didn't have the greatest summer, I didn't think, in the summer of 2002. He played on a great high school team. He played with various people. He played with Dino Stragonis, our buddy on Belmont Shore, and he moved around a little bit. But he was a little bit of a positionless monster. Maybe that hurt him a little bit. He didn't have a position, but his talent was immense. I mean, if, if, if Hassan made it, there's no reason why Trevor should right, make it. Right, right, right. He was ranked 18th. Uh, by Hoop Scoop. He was in that range, I think. Obviously, ESPN wasn't around then. Rivals and Scout were just getting started. Uh, he averaged 22 points, 8 rebounds for a deep team, a really good team. They won state title again. Um, I, I just thought he should have been in. Uh, he played in Sonny's game. Most people thought he should have been in. He got his number retired at Westchester. And just based on what Westchester was doing then, what his level of play, he should have been in. Mm-hmm. I think that's close to the status of Onyeka. Okay. And then when you look at Kawhi, he's a little bit more of a late bloomer. I don't think he got the proper exposure. He played with um, the Dream Team, which was Renardo Sidney's father's team. Okay. It was um, a team that was a, a, like a Reebok-fronted team. Right. Played on that circuit. Back when Reebok uh, had a circuit and had yeah. shoes that people bought. Yeah. You know, Reebok. <laughs> Sonny Vaccaro was with Reebok after he left Adidas, after the LeBron James not signing LeBron James, he 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 moved over to Reebok. It was obviously LeBron with Nike, and um, Leonard was on the bench. He was a part-time starter as a high school sophomore at Canyon Springs. He kept working on his game. He really had a really good junior year. And I remember at the at the Pangos Dream Classic, they played Dominguez, and it was a few days after his father had gotten shot at a car wash in Compton. He played that game, and I just remember his face. People talk about, you know, they make a little fun of his laugh. He's like a, a, a social media meme. And the guy's just really low-key. Uh, but he led his team to two consecutive SoCal D1 finals. They went to the SoCal D1 finals that year. That's when the D1 was like... They're open now. They're open now, right. Yeah, right. You know, they were good. Just, just for reference. Yeah, they lost to um, Westchester um, one year, and they lost to Dominguez the other year. Um, uh, you know, when you talk about him... M- these guys had to have seen him play. He was overshadowed by Renardo Sini again on that dream team. Totally overshadowed. Wasn't even close. Renardo did play in the game. Well, and he was, was a huge name. Right. Wasn't his dad the coach? So yeah, that, his dad makes, was that the makes coach. sense, right? And Solomon Neal was little, on the coach. Who little played daddy ball. Yeah. Solomon was good. Solomon has $50 million worth good. Oh, for sure. He's a, he's a, <laughs> I don't know how good Solomon is, but he's got he's $50 NBA. million. He's in the NBA. He's got $50 million bucks in his bank he's account. He's good. Yeah. So, and, and Kawhi has that type of money. So, well, Kawhi's yeah, more than that kind of money. Right. So, at the end, it worked out, but you look at his senior year, it was 10 games in, Devin. If people were listening and in tune and following what he was doing, they went down to the beach ball. There was no doubt he was the best player in California. And halfway through his senior year, you know, it was evident that Leonard should have been on the team at when they came out. He averaged 22.6 points, 13.1 rebounds, 3.9 assists. They won the... Southern Section 1AA over a modern day team that was undefeated. So right. it was just like winning the Open. Right. And the guy was on the level of not... I think that would be my tier. I would go him 1, Big O 2, and Trevor 3. I think that, you know, I, I, Kawhi Leonard should have been on the game. He was ranked 14th by Hoop Scoop. Played at the beach balls. Not like people didn't see him. His team was well exposed. He just didn't right. get he, he went east of the Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he wasn't... He wasn't. There was no reason he shouldn't have been on the game, other than people were late to the ball game on him. Yeah. So let's period. Let's get into this. Let's get another point. Yeah. If if the social media hype machine was around when guys like Trevor Ariza and Kawhi Leonard were playing high school basketball in 
California, does that change? Does that selection change? What, because, I mean, you just put highlights on, you know, we have a thousand videographer guys, mixtape sure. people um, on the baseline every game sure. in Southern California, even if kids are just average. Put the highlights up and they look like superstars. Um, Kawhi Leonard, I'm sure, would have a ridiculous mixtape. Trevor Ariza would have had a ridiculous mixtape. Well, people would have been filming Trevor, I think, because they'd been filming Westchester. Right. Bobby Brown. Those right. Are, you know, they had a great team. They're right. Just by osmosis, they're at all the big events. Not sure about Kawhi. Maybe, you know, he kind of uh, just rebounded, played smart. You know, he could shoot the three. Uh, it's very interesting that you mentioned that. I'm not, you know, as I look back at his career, he would have had a good mixtape at the end, but I, I still think... I still think he would have been overlooked the radar? a little bit. <laughs> He'd have been overlooked a little That's bit. That's tough, man. It's just Trevor would, you know... Trevor was dynamic. Dynamic. He was a freak athlete, dunking in transition, things like that. Correct. Right. So that's what I see, but that's when I go back to the big O. It's like, if you watch this guy's production, I think we keep saying that. We've been harping on that on a few episodes. Though. Production. This guy is producing. Every big games. Every year. I mean, every big game. Remember, he hasn't played bad in a big game yet. Do you remember that game, uh, that ridiculous game at Cerritos College, O's freshman year? where Alonzo went like two for 21 yeah. from the field. And it was the closest that Chino Hills came to losing that season, that, that season. Ball and is bit, life produced yep, the game. Ball is life produced the game. It was a big game. Big O. 200 feet teams. Right. And Alonzo couldn't get anything going offensively. So in that second half, third quarter, and uh, fourth quarter, it was all ball screen action with Lonzo coming off and just little pocket passes to who? The freshman mm-hmm. big O at the free throw line. And he just sank. I can't remember how many points he had, but he had to have between 15 and 20 points. Yeah. And at in least the second four, half. four points, four field goals down in that stretch you're talking about. Deep stretch, right. Which was very important because Lonzo was like, you said two for 15. Two for 21. No, two he was for two for 20. 21. I remember that. It's ingrained yeah. in my head. Yeah. He's only made two field goals the whole game. Right. I remember we had Jello on the show after, and he's like, man, we just stepped up. We did it for the team. So, But it was Big O had a big play in that. He had a big play in that team takeover game. He dominated. The Southern Section D one D one last year dominated. Yeah, and that was that was after Lamelo left the school, yeah. and everyone was like, "Yeah, hey, Chino's is done." No, he he dominated, and he's having a good season this year. He's he didn't get outplayed by Isaiah, his 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 travel teammate in that first game we saw. No. They had the stats were similar because Ranger Christian and Chino Hills have gone head to head this season already. Yeah, they, twice, twice, twice. Once yeah. at Battles and once at Damien. Yeah, so he wasn't wasn't outplayed in that first game. I was sitting there. Yeah, so. Again, people can't be ever. We get that, but if you follow the production, Big O should have been in. So let's and talk here, about. But here's my thing with you, people can't close be, it out. With people the big people o. can't be everywhere. Yeah, you got Baller TV. Yeah, you got all these streaming services. Yeah, you have people you know, on their phones periscoping games and things like that. You you can watch games outside of your area if you choose to. Correct. That's all. That's really give, all I have to say about about you, that. You got to give the effort. You're right. You, about yeah, that. you got to put it in. We'll close on that, but let's go to the national. Levels like we were, t- we we opened up talking a little about the guys. National who, snubs, yeah. National Back to snubs. the snubs, <laughs> and where I would place these, I think Kawhi Leonard would be high on this list. Um, the snubs that I look at, and again, the game has changed, but the two biggest ones I see are Glenn Rice, Flint Northwestern, nineteen eighty five. The committee knew about him. I spoke to Bob Gaten. He goes, uh, "The committee didn't choose him, but we knew him." The, back then, the coaches called. College coaches called the committees to make sure that hey, their guys were right. Yeah, their yeah. guys were looked at. So Bill Frieder did call Gagan, and the team, the committee knew about him, and and because they didn't know how the team was picked back then. So they back then, 
college coaches were allowed to publicly say things about recruits, which they can't do now. You know, because sometimes there would be too much hyperbole and stuff like that. So we talk about the hyperbole of today's, um, the mixtape generation, that type of thing. Well, yeah. back then the college coaches would say he's the best player since, <laughs> since you know, since George Mikan. Yeah, it's their guy, <laughs> George. You know, you know, so Glenn Rice was the Michigan Mister Basketball. He played on a loaded team with Anthony Pendleton, who went to USC. He was the MVP of the 1985 Nike Camp. He played with Andre Risen, who was the wide receiver from the. Atlanta Falcons, yep. great high school guard. So they had like three All-Americans. They were undefeated. They were 27-1 his junior year, 28-0 his senior year in a great state. At the time, Michigan was had great basketball. So I would put him number one. They just missed on him straight up. They just missed on him. Yeah. Why would we know he missed? As soon as he got to Michigan, he was very good. And Michigan won the NCAA 2A his senior year. And then year. he was a great pro. And he was a great pro. So the next guy I would say is Rod Strickland. Uh, played at Oak Hill his senior year who we just recently saw at the Nike Extravaganza, like we said for the last time. Uh, he played at Harry Truman in the Bronx, led them to the State Federation title as a junior. And he was a 20, top 20 ranked prospect by everybody. I think people think at that time he went to Oak Hill because he either had bad grades, grades or his attitude issue. problems, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. And Steve Smith will tell you he was an assistant there. At that time, he was just about to become the head coach. That Yeah, it was... It was Rod was a, a handful. Yeah. Rod was a handful, so that may have played a played into his selection but i think rod as you look at him and now he's involved in the g league and 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 getting uh players maybe evaluated to be in the g league you know he didn't have that he didn't have a a good reputation i think it followed him a little bit you know a playground player uh you know moody whatever it is that they thought i think it might i might have went into his selection um and i think that i think gagan told me one time that character they were looking at character especially back then they didn't know as much about the players that they do now. And schools, schools like Oak Hill and Academy yeah. type things didn't have the same reputation they have now. Yeah, I would think so. I said, oh, why is people going to... People back then say, why is a kid going to Oak Hill? He must be in trouble. Something like that. Right, and that's know? not the case anymore. That's not the case anymore at all, as we see with IMG and these other schools. So Strickland was probably the arguably the nation's best point guard. He was MVP at Sunny's Round Ball Classic, 20 points, 6 steals. Great career. Went on to DePaul and went on to have a good pro career with the Spurs, mainly the Spurs. I remember him, but I kind of look at Rod as he's always been like that. I think he's probably the best player I've seen, in, at least in my day, that never appeared in an NBA All-Star game. The most talented player I think I saw that was never in an NBA All-Star game. So it started, that started for him way back at Truman going into Oak Hill. So it's kind of yeah. interesting. Not sure I'd put Big O or um, Kawhi on that snub of Glenn Rice, but okay. almost to that level. I mean, Big O's pretty, he'd be in the top 10 yeah. all the time. Big O. We, we are. Feel you. We feel. We feel for you, brother. And um, you. You know. You put in a lot of work over the last four years, um, and you definitely deserve to be in that McDonald's All American game. But if you want to see some snubs at an All American game in May, which will be May fourth at the Long Beach Convention Center, we have our Ball Is Life All American game. We believe strongly believe Big O Onyeka Okongwu will be in attendance. Time. Yeah. Barring, you know, maybe the prom, a prom or, or a dance, something like that, we get it. Um, sure. But, you know, he's he's invited. I'm telling everybody yeah. right now, he, we invited him. Yeah. We invited him before the selections. For way before the selections, so, right. So, you know, he's 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 going to get an invite, and we're, we're, we're glad to invite him. We're hoping he can make it. There's going to be a lot of other guys who... Potentially you guys might think are snubs. Might think are snubs in the McDonald's selection, and other guys potentially who um, are a little bit under the radar on the national level. That are going to be at the Balls Life All American yep. Game. So May fourth, uh, Long Beach Convention Center. You also watch some of the other guys. You're going to see a lot of the Nike Century guys. Yeah, for sure. Jordan you're going to see Brand. a lot of top end guys. No, that, that's what. Yeah. That, that's not. 
you know. So some of the guys you may not see in this game on March 27th, you can see at the Jordan Brand game, and then later a month later, Ball's Life All American game here in Southern California. Uh, look at last year, Emmett Williams, a couple other guys that didn't play. Yeah, they did great, and we're looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to you guys. Continuing to tune into our podcast. So, Devin, why don't you bring us Yeah, home? yeah. Thanks for listening in on, on episode eight of uh, Ball's Life's In the Paint podcast. If you get some time, uh, please subscribe on iTunes. You know, give us uh, some love on SoundCloud as well. Uh, we love your guys' feedback and we appreciate you listening. Uh, it's Ronnie and Devin going hard in the paint, and we're out. We'll see you next time.